welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today, we got a Q&A, and it is damn close to Christmas, man, Yeah. as we record this. When yeah. is this air? Dude, next, next Friday? This next Monday. Next Monday. Merry Christmas, everybody. You just yeah, had Christmas yesterday? This is the 26th, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. Um, we were just talking about Christmas food. We're just kind of talking about traditions and what we do for Christmas, Christmas Eve, and whatnot. Yeah. We, uh, one, of, one of Cody's traditions <laughs> is to drink a whole bottle of Bailey's to myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, for context... Um, me and Shannon are trying to figure out what to eat for Christmas Eve because my family got sick, so we're not doing Chris. I'm, I'm sure she'll be fine by the time Christmas hits, but my grandma is the one that cooks and preps everything, and she's, I mean, she's 85, 86, and she was just like, I'm not doing it. We're like, we don't expect to. Just yeah. chill. And we don't, it, it's ironic because we're like, we don't want Blakely to be around anybody because we're going to take her to Disneyland, and we're going to tell her on Christmas, so we don't want her to get sick. And then... Lo and behold, like two days ago, she starts sneezing. We're like, fuck, she got sick anyway. So uh, You can't cancel that trip. Oh, she, this morning, because uh, my throat started hurting, I was like, damn it. And Shannon was like, well, what do we do if we have to cancel? I was like, we're going. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'll be fine. Don't yeah. worry about me. And and we have over a week before we leave because it's not till next Thursday as we're recording this. So we'll be fine. And I even told her, too. I was like, the second Blakely knows she's going to Disneyland, like, you cannot break her heart. Placebo effect. She's just going to, like, she'll be fine. Yeah. Just, like, she won't be sick. Yeah. But we're trying to figure out what to make for Christmas Eve. Now that we're not going to my grandma's, but we always do the crab feast there. And so we were, like, going back and forth on all these ideas. Um, I said, let's just do a charcuterie board. She was like, no. I want a chicken breast. No. I don't even know what she's doing now. But I did it's my like order. Old jasmine rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rice and chicken for me. Well, I was doing the, the order for the food, and uh, that was literally the thing I bought was uh, Bailey's. But I was sitting there on the app, and I was like, Bailey's or Kahlua? Bailey's or Kahlua? I was like, what do I always do? And there was one year I got one, and I was super fucking disappointed because it wasn't the same, and yeah. it, it was Kahlua. Yeah. So Kahlua is uh, – Is Kahlua more milky? No, Bailey's is. Oh. So Bailey's is more of like a cream. That's why it's called Bailey's Irish Cream. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like – it's what to me. It's way better with coffee. Yeah. Whereas Bailey's is more of like a liqueur texture, so it's not creamy. It's more of like a syrup. Um, it has more of a uh, what is the the word? Um, not a cream taste, obviously, but a little bit more of a bite to me. It's dark. Yeah, it's very dark. Um, hazelnut is what I'm thinking. More go. of like a hazelnutty, syrupy kind of, which I don't really like as much. Um, Bailey's is like it's just like alcoholic cream. Yep. But uh, and Irish whiskey. That's what it is. It's Irish whiskey. I, it says it's a. That's the type of alcohol. Derives it derives its taste from cream, cocoa, and Irish whiskey. Yeah. So I. I mean, like, I don't even. As soon as I wake up, it's like the only time I ever drink in the morning. I'm yeah. like Bailey's Christmas. in my coffee. I'll have like a whole pot of coffee <laughs> and a half a bottle of Bailey's by noon, and I'm like shaking. Let's go. Yeah, just fucking jittery and a little drunk, but. That's what Christmas is about, right? Um, I guess. At least <laughs> part of it. Um, Traditions. Yeah. So that's 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 about my only tradition. And then we'll do ham at night. Yep. Random shit throughout the day. Cookies and whatever. I don't think we days. have any, like, Christmas food traditions. I think we do ham. I mean, we. I think it's different a lot of the years, but I think there's always ham. <laughs> I never even did a Christmas dinner until I met Shannon. 
Damn. It was always Christmas Eve dinner. It was Christmas Eve dinner, and then Christmas morning, oh. we'd do like you know big casserole or like a like egg. I think it's a casserole, egg casserole thing, like or whatever. A, like a quiche, kind of, but like in a big casserole dish. Totally. Yeah, uh, and just hell at fucking cookies and whatever throughout the day. Yeah. You know, growing up. But I don't know. My parents split up when I was really young, so like it was just like not traditional. No, so like <laughs> ev- you're always just going everywhere, different. Yeah. And then like as you get older, you get girlfriends, and then you and your me and Vinny and my brother are like going to different places, and it's just how was your Christmas, dude? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking the crab feast at my grandma's is the only thing that has stuck around, and she's been doing it for uh, not her literally, but her family's been doing it for over a hundred years. Whoa. Yeah. So she's been doing her whole life. She's yeah. eighty something years old. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Which was funny because before she got sick, me and my dad were talking. We don't really like crab. So my dad was like, I'm just going to tell her, like, let's just not do it. And I was like, <laughs> Dad, come on. <laughs> you can't fucking do that to the tradition, man. Like, that would kill grandma. Yeah. You, we got to do it. Yeah. And then she got sick and she's like, I don't want to. And I was like, well, I usually just, God, I sound like such an alcoholic. Usually what I do is I just drink wine and just bullshit with everybody. Yeah. And I'm just like talking and everybody's cracking crap. I'm eating and I'll just like eat some of the biscuit or the, the, the biscuit. Yeah. She'll make homemade biscuits. Oh. And, it's not yeah. bisquick. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> but crab is just so rich. I love king crab leg, dude. <sighs> oh my God. I, uh, you'd love yeah. Crab piece of grandma's, but we went to Toscano's last night and Oof. and had uh, scallops. Oh yeah, goddamn scallops! They're really yeah. good. Sea, sea bass scallops. Yep, that's probably, in my opinion, the nicest restaurant around here. Yeah, there's nothing in Bonnie Lake. Yeah, Farm Twelve. I still haven't been. Oh I need to. I know. Yeah, it's Sh- Shannon wasn't a fan. I was it's surprised. Out there. Everybody I've talked to loves that place. What did Shannon you sh- didn't like it. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Very shocked, More actually. For us. Yeah, and I don't take her word for it because everybody else oh, has told it's me it's good. So, so good. Yeah. Majority rules. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give a little uh, Christmas diet advice, I guess, while we're here. <laughs> don't uh, diet. Oh, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. I already gave it to you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Next year. <laughs> we forgot. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, we're about to hit it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I told uh, every single one of my clients, just don't even fucking try. Yeah. Come on. It's not worth it. Worked out perfect that it's a Saturday, Sunday this year, Hope though. Hope you had a good Christmas, Cody. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's yeah. 26th. I'm sure I will. We're It's going to be a, a quiet and lonely one for me this year. I mean, not literally, because I'll be with my girls, but it's just us. Because her family's over the mountain, and it's snowing on the mountain. We can't get over there. My mom lives far away. My oh, dad got mountain. sick. My brother's <laughs> in Texas. Oh, yeah, you guys are going. Oh, yeah. That's a different pass, though, right? Fuck no. Don't call me. We're going to Ellensburg and going to Yakima. Oh. Isn't the... Chinook Pass go to Yakima too, and that's close all winter long. Oh, okay. Uh, they don't open that. Yeah, There's a, it's just a cliff. Yeah, yeah. I've driven over the the pass to get tattooed in the snow multiple times. Yeah. As soon as Blakely's in the car, I'm like, yeah, yeah, not worth it. Yeah, don't care. I love putting four wheel drive and just watching people. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I I can't blame you there. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Let it's somebody the, else hit you with your girl in the car. Yeah. Fuck that. All right, <coughs> Let's all right. Do some questions. All right, we got some good questions today. I gotta pull them up here. Not prepared. I wonder how we're gonna do this in the new studio. <laughs> are we gonna have the questions on a TV screen? I'll have you? It. Have you? Are, are we set on the no table I style? Mean, you told me the dimensions like twenty minutes. No, ago. I mean <laughs> like, do you want to do it like we're right here? Do you want to have separate tables? I don't know. We want to have chairs, no table. You know what thing I'm going to say on air that I want to do, but it's pretty low on the totem pole, I think, is I want, like, our mics 
instead yeah, of headset. I do too. Yeah, it's, you know what's funny about it's that? It's expensive, but... The amount of people who hit me up about these because they, like, they don't sound- like leaning over, don't like having to, like, aim to the mic or anything like that, it's shocking to me. Yeah. Maybe the grass is always greener, I guess. Yeah. Because these are, like, versatile. Like, if you like moving around a lot, yeah. it's great. It's not good for the camera. Yeah, no. Yeah, because you're, like, moving around, you're like, oh, there he goes. Yeah. <laughs> and I, honestly, I don't mind these at all. I just think, this sounds so ridiculous. I don't even know if they sound better. I just think that they look fucking cool. Yeah. With the clamp to the table. Yeah. <laughs> Literally just think it looks cool. Yeah. Um, that's And that's the thing, too, is, like, we do chairs. And for those listening, we're getting the new podcast studio within the next few weeks. Three to four weeks. Actually, no, less than that. What's four weeks? Four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah, because I'm thinking December. So yeah, January. Um, sometime in the second half of January, we're going to be moving into the new place. Uh, we were over there shooting some content today. Um, I can't fucking wait, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw. I posted on my story about kind of yeah. like the personal branding stuff. Yeah. Got a lot of people DMing me and saying, "I love it." Fuck yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, I just gotta do it. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things, man. It's it's. I think I have to for the evolution of like me as a content creator as Cody McGroom. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think that like we've done so well at creating fitness and nutrition content and, and systemizing it to the point where we have, you know, two or three people, including myself on the team writing for the, the blog and we're, we have systems on the website to make that better and to work, create new tools, which for those listening, we just put a one rep max calculator on there so you can use it um, in your training now. So if you, if you, this is one that I would like bookmark to your uh, internet on your phone or anything <laughs> in the interwebs <laughs> on like Safari or whatever on your phone, because if you're in the gym and you need to figure out like, okay, I need to get 80% of my one rep max or 70% or 65% for the speed deadlift or whatever it may be, you can just punch in there and you don't even have to do a one rep max to know if you did five reps with 230 pounds last week, just type in 230 pounds for five reps and it'll give you your one rep through 10 rep max uh, and the percentage breakdowns, which is really, really helpful. Um, we're working on some other got, like tools and calculator stuff. So we're like, we got this structure in the system and, and it's just moving for the website. And then for the Instagram, Taylor Coaching Method Instagram, we've been doing the same thing. And it's like, now we have multiple people working together and it's just, a machine it's turning and it's working we have a system and it's posting and like we're getting more fitness and nutrition content out there then we have this podcast obviously we've been on and off with the youtube for a long time um and the taylor trainer a lot is going into that behind the scenes but we can't release any of it yet because we have to wait for the app to launch um but nonetheless we have all these systems in place and i've it almost like demotivated me to post anything on my personal instagram because i was just like all this stuff that is helpful for the members and the audience of tailored coaching method in what we're trying to do there. We have it everywhere else now. Yeah. And I can still post on mine and share it, but like I want to invest into that one and it's like, okay, well how do I, there's obviously I think aspects of fitness and nutrition that I can create and post about because it's my take on it. it's my personal philosophy or it's, it's like the whole challenge thing that we're going to be doing starting in January 1st. Um, stuff like that, you know, that's more like personable stuff, but Outside of that, it's like, what what am I obsessed with? What am I super into? Business, entrepreneurship, life, hustle, like the the insights and lessons and struggles of that. So, if if you're if you're into that stuff, obviously give us feedback and let us know. But I posted on my story and said, like, would you guys be into like a basically a YouTube series, but just in general, my me putting out content of like 
the behind the scenes of, you know, running these businesses and building things and creating things and my unsolicited, unfiltered, raw opinion on certain things and aspects of life, um, some of which might get me in trouble. Yeah. Not literally, but like people, you know, people get offended. People don't like your opinion. And granted, like I, there's plenty of people I don't want to hear your opinion either. Yeah. I just mute it. I don't get pissed. <laughs> but point being is uh, that's always like a scary territory to go out, you know, especially when you start talking about everything in life. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I think uh, I think it'll be super, super cool and super fun. And it'll be like reinvigorating for me to do. And uh, people seem like they were into it. Dope. So the, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So what is your goals of asking your audience that question? Do you like, you think somebody's going to answer no? I feel like a grandma pulling. <laughs> my grandma used to do this. Handkerchief. Guys. Yeah. Uh, my grandma used to carry fucking dude like it would look like this too. Yeah, we all, they all did. Just <laughs> ratted up. Yeah. At least it's not a reusable handkerchief. Sorry guys on the camera, but your boy's got a runny nose. Um, my goal with asking them was, I mean, really, it was like, I think in anything, it's always helpful to get some feedback. Totally, you know, and just and just just see like if if I don't get any engagement from it, like if I say this on the the my story and. Nobody says anything. I'm like, okay, maybe that's not the best idea. But I shared it in, but a hundred people seen it, you know, which is on my story for the amount of views is nothing, right? Like that's like right away. Yeah. And a bunch of people were already DMing me and saying they would love it. Even people on like coaches on the team were like, this would be so sick. I would love that. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it was just like making sure people want to see that shit and want to hear that stuff. I hear you. You know? Dope. And I, honestly, I think uh, uh, if I'm being completely honest, I think a little bit of it is like self-permission, you know, which I don't need to do. But I think there's a part of you that goes, all right, I'm going to like talk about real shit. I'm going to give my opinion. Um, I'm going to like, I'm not going to shy away from talking about any subjects. And that means like, to be honest, that means anything. So that means business, hard work, like if politics got brought up, I, if I'm going to own the fact that like, I'm going to be raw and unfiltered, I would have to just own up to anything, you know, and be transparent about all of that. Mm. Um, and there's usually, you know, there's those topics, uh, there's like, what is it? It's religion, politics and something else I feel like, but there's certain topics people just don't talk about to stay out of trouble. And then there's certain top, those same topics. A lot, some people only talk about cause they want attention. That is not my goal. Yeah. But I think anytime you say like, I'm going to be unfiltered and raw and I'm just going to talk like, like, you know that that's par for the course. And uh, it's kind of like permission to be like, hey, guys, I'm going to do this. And if everybody's like, we would love that. We think it'd be dope. I'm like, okay, cool. Totally. Like, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I love it. The hardest part is going to be actually executing on the YouTube side of things. Totally. It's not easy. Yeah. But. I don't know if, if whoever's listening, that you know how hard it is to be consistent on YouTube. I mean, depends on what else you're doing in your business. Like, yeah. you got oh, so many moving parts it's just so time consuming yeah well and that's where like i actually can see i can tell who's a real entrepreneur and a real business owner versus a fake one not a fake one <laughs> but who is at a uh a, i would say a standstill by how much they document on their story on instagram mm. for example mm. um or even like realistically i think if somebody was to, like we were talking about Christian Guzman and he like disappears from YouTube for a fucking year, six months, and then he pops up and he's every day. I promise you that during that period of time where he's not on YouTube, his businesses grow more than when he's on YouTube. Probably. And then 
it's like a slingshot, I'm sure. He gets on YouTube. It's crazy. He probably is not nearly as productive, but his fan base increases, engagement increases. He's just pulling that slingshot back, and then he disappears, and whoosh, yeah, everything is a catapult. Totally. Um, because it's just, sometimes I sit back, and the day's over, already over, and I'm like, how do these motherfuckers have so much time to do this stuff? Yeah. Like, you just, it, it makes no sense. But it's because they're not creating systems. They're not leading full teams. They're not progressing their businesses behind the scenes. You know, they're not starting new businesses or doing anything like that. So I think like, and that's why when we were talking about it, it was like, we have to do a weekly thing. Like it can't be, all right, it's a day in the life. So I'm going to carry the camera all day. It's like, no, we're going to have to like film as much as we can throughout the week and create an episode about week one. Yeah. Like the whole week. Um, because it's just, this is impossible. Totally. You know, and I, that's another thing I don't think people realize. Like, we're already filming B-roll for the new facility for a video that will launch in February. Yeah. Technically. Yep. But, like, that's the kind of content it is. I love it. So, yeah. All right. Let's get to question number one. Uh, we got one coming from Nina Diaz. How do you? How does one start a gym routine? As a new member to a gym, I feel like I am all over the place. I do about thirty minutes on cardio, then some weight training, but then I want more consistency in my workouts. Is this something the Taylor Training app can help me with? Please let me know because I hate feeling lost. Yes, yes, and yes. Um, so, um, number one, we'll put. There's a link to the Taylor Trainer in this. Uh, description uh, we actually are for those listening um, we're going to be able to keep it live all the way up until the launch so we I worked with the the developers who have ran the current app and kind of just told them my situation and was basically like hey like and actually like kudos to them for being super cool but I was like I'm, I'm definitely leaving and I'm absolutely creating my own app <laughs> like 100% mine I own the code everything so I won't need this but I'm transitioning so um can I do month to month or something? I didn't even say that. I actually was just telling them, like, I just need a little bit of time to make sure these people's app doesn't shut down. And I want to know the process. Like, hey, like, if I'm leaving, do I pay in advance to make sure these people have their metrics saved? And, like, because what I didn't want to do is is start Train Heroic or whatever would be in between the current one and the new app. And people just lose their programming, lose their metrics, their PRs, all that stuff. So I was trying to figure out how I could be on top of that to help the members and, uh, and they just were like, hey, let us, let us like kind of sit and think about it. And I was like, look, this is like what I would have to pay by going elsewhere, just so you know. I'm not going to pay a ton of money for something when I know I'm building my own. Yeah. I'm not going to sign up for a year. I'm not doing any of that stuff. So they came back and were just like, yeah, we'll do it for basically like help me out with the price and we'll keep everybody in there. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. So um, for all the members in there, you guys will be totally fine until the new app launches. You just keep doing your thing, keep progressing, keep using it. Um, and then once the new app launches, everybody will know in the app first because we'll be able to tell them through so the disregard app. disregard everything we said on that other episode. Basically. Yeah. I mean, outside of the uh, the development of the new app, yeah, yeah, that's all still accurate. Um, the timeline's still accurate. People in the current app will definitely get first dibs on it, um, and we'll DM you through the app to let you know. But um, for this this uh, listener question. asking the question, the Taylor Trainer will definitely help because it gives you a plan. Like At the end of the day, what do you do as a new member of a gym? you have to go in with a plan. If you go in and you just don't know what you're doing, you are going to be guessing your way through your sets and your exercises. Plain and simple. I think you even need help with that plan. Guidance. Yeah, yeah, 100%. If you can't get a plan, 
and feel confident about executing everything on that plan, the exercises, the reps, the form, how you do it, how you go about it, how long to rest, like how many days a week to go, how are you recovering properly, how to supply your nutrition to, to recover from that, then you should hire a coach because the coach is going to create that plan for you or at least make sure that you know what you're doing with that plan. So even for people who just hire us for nutrition coaching, for example, you could be doing a plan outside of what we offer or you could be doing a plan that we have and we will at least guide you through it. Yeah. I always tell people like you might be nutrition coaching with us, but you're not limited to the nutrition information. We're going to teach you as much as we can. So um, the easiest thing is just literally just hire a coach, buy, buy some kind of guidance, invest in yourself to have somebody lead you through it is the best way. If you can't afford to do so, totally understand. Taylor Trainer is an awesome option uh, because it's going to give you plans. It's going to show you me doing the exercises. It's going to give you notes on every exercise on how to perform it, how many reps to do, how to, uh, your tempo should be, your rest period should be, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's really the answer. Like you should never go into the gym guessing or doing your own thing if you are not a professional at this it's the same reason why if, if you're not a plumber you don't go in and start banging on pipes and cranking on things to try to fix your sink or your toilet or anything like that you hire a fucking plumber right or at the bare minimum you buy a guide or go to youtube extensively before doing so so before you go to the gym which mind you if you fuck up your plumbing it's gonna cost you some money it's gonna hurt you go to the gym and you fuck up you do something wrong it could hurt you so do your due diligence by studying and researching before you go. And if you don't have money, we have two different free guides on the website, tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash guides. You can go there and download performance bodybuilding or the physique manual, and it'll teach you everything you need to know about training and give you a sample program for free so that you know what you're doing when you're in there. Totally. So that would be my best advice. There you go. Really simple. Love it. All right. We will move on to the next one from Kim Schubeck. It says a couple questions here. Uh, how long or one, how long would you recommend keeping an obese client in a deficit if biofeedback remains okay? One, do you break them up or you want to, we can, we can break them up. Um, I mean, shit, as long as you need really like uh, the thing with that is like, if somebody's obese, then they have uh, obviously a lot of weight to lose. If they have a lot of weight to lose, it, it generally means that you're going to be able to consistently lose weight without any health risks or issues. If we consider like, for example, somebody who's really lean and then they're dieting on top of that and on top of that, they're like pushing their body in the gym and doing all these cardio, all these kind of things. We're just adding more and more stress that is going to potentially lower health markers, uh, negatively impact biofeedback hormones, all those kind of things. But if somebody's really overweight, they have so much weight to lose that they're pretty far away from that happening. Now, if somebody goes in a dramatic deficit, of course, you can see health markers occur even if they do have a lot of weight to lose. But generally speaking, the more weight somebody has to lose, the more obese somebody is, the longer they can go in a deficit um, and actually see their health improve rather than decrease. Yeah. I think a lot of the content that's created around diets being unhealthy or destructive tends to be around bodybuilders, physique athletes, and just people who are generally really lean, which doesn't mean it's not useful. It's not that it's not helpful, but the reality of that content is that it's, it's very context specific. It's very specific to the person that you are looking at in that content, which is generally somebody who is really lean. So when I'm at the tail end of a photo shoot prep and I'm super lean and I'm dieting, yes, my health markers, my stress markers, those things could be getting worse, right? But if I'm obese and I still have 
50 to 100 pounds to lose, then of course not. Like I'm going to continue to increase health as my weight drops, even though I'm in a deficit. So generally speaking, you can keep going and, uh, as long as you need to until the weight's gone because they're going to continue getting healthier as they lose weight until they reach a point where they're too lean to maintain health, which for somebody obese is a very far way away. Um, so my, my advice would be keep going as long as you can um, to lose as much weight as possible because that's going to help their health the most. And then the, the caveat would be just monitor their adherence. You know, um, the, the thing that would get them first, in my opinion, would be the mental fatigue that comes with dieting. Totally. So if their uh, behavior or um, really just the psychology, if they get really mentally fatigued or psychologically fatigued from the diet itself, uh, that's when you're like, okay, I got to pull back. I don't care how much weight somebody has to lose. If it's being destructive from a psychological perspective, that's when you got to step away. Totally. Cool. Let's move on to part two. It says, my second question is unrelated to the first. Is it okay to go under BMR for a deficit? That's somewhat related, but um, I would say so. Uh, she said under or at BMR? Uh, under. I mean, technically you could, I guess. Uh, this and it, It's all context specific. So if you think about like, okay, let's say my BMR is... 2000 just for easy math and then i do the total daily energy expenditure because typically when you're calculating your maintenance you you calculate your bmr and then you you factor in the uh energy expenditure multiplier which is basically saying like how active are you okay take that bmr and times it by 1.2 to 1.8 somewhere in there 1.2 1.3 45 once you have that then you're in, in a higher one so let's say i do mine my bmr is 2000 in my uh if i do the multiplier it goes to 3000 because it's 1.5 let's say well, if I went right to my BMR, that's, I mean, that's a thousand calorie deficit. That's pretty big, but that's, you know, a 33.33333% yeah. deficit. A lot of research done usually has a 25 to 35% deficit, you know, sometimes even greater. They have uh, research studies on people doing up to 65% deficit, which would definitely be below their BMR. Totally. So do I recommend it? Not always, because if you, if you, depending on where their starting point is, I don't think it's safe. So like if somebody's BMR is a thousand because they're much smaller than me, that's a totally different ball game because the lower your calories are at BMR, the harder it is to maintain muscle and health. The higher they are, which would mean you're either a larger person, you have more muscle, you're taller, whatever it may be, um, the more likely you are to have uh, room to play with to make sure that you're maintaining muscle and health. So um, ultimately it depends. This is dedication, bro. Yeah. Fucking wiping my nose every fucking question. Um, it really just depends on where the starting place is. So I can't say for sure, but I would say that it's generally probably fine. Um, I don't think you need to. I don't think uh, most situations you have to. But there's definitely going to be situations where you get to or below BMR in just slightly. And it's totally fine. I mean, there's, there's, uh, there's studies on obese individuals where they're doing like 500 calorie day diets and that sounds Damn. insane and it is insane but at the same time if somebody is 300 to 400 pounds and they should be 150 pounds then there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing a 500 calorie deficit in fact it's going to improve their health every single day because they're in a calorie deficit which increases autophagy everything else that they've been doing up until this point decreases autophagy which mind you is one of the signals for longevity and on top of that it's definitely going to work to lose fat so if they lose fat at a fast rate they're just going to get healthier, you know? Now, if somebody like you or I did a 500 calorie deficit, probably not a good idea because we don't have that much weight to lose yeah. if we wanted to get really lean. And if we did that, we'd probably be really unhealthy. 
and very feel like very shit. hungry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, if I go in too big of a deficit, one of the, even if it's like a safe deficit for fat loss, it's hard to work. I'm not productive, right? Because my brain is just not functioning, right? Totally. But if somebody is really, really overweight and they go super, super low calorie, they actually might experience less brain fog because they're improving their health. Yeah. You know, so it just depends, you know. Um, I don't, I, I wouldn't say there's anything generally long, wrong with it though. Yeah. Cool. Good. All right. Let's uh, move to the next one. It is a, a longer one. So it's from Mac. It says, I'm curious if you have done a fat loss phase without tracking calories or macros. As a former client, I know tracking calories and macros is the preferred approach within your comp- uh, coaching program and for yourself. However, I'm curious if you've challenged yourself to do a fat loss phase without a mathematical approach and focus more on food quality or lifestyle approach. Um, for example, Precision Nutrition's hand portion guide. If so, what were the details that you discovered? I feel this would be reaching the quote-unquote apex of quote-unquote dieting expertise as it would be more on the in- intuitive eating, building sustainable habits, and trusting the progress process yeah uh the last part is the big key for what he said um the the pinnacle of expertise and the reason i think that's the big key here is because if i were to do intuitive eating and just think of it like that it would not be intuitive because i've done this for too long so and on top of that if you're if you're trying to use portions or if you're trying to manipulate anything macros or not it is no longer intuitive because you're manipulating something. You're being intentional about changes in your diet. So if I go into it, I was like, I'm not going to track macros. I'm just going to remove the oatmeal from my breakfast. I'm going to eat a little bit less of this. I'm going to like cut the egg, whole eggs and just do egg whites. That's not intuitive because I want the whole egg and I want the oatmeal. So I'm, I'm removing something. I'm being intentional about those changes. And when you're creating changes to change your physique, it's not intuitive, right? That's, it's, it's intentional. Yeah. If I don't need macros to do so, I'm just very experience and intelligent about macros. I can just look at something and go, okay, well, I know that bowl of oatmeal is about 40 grams of carbs. So if I pull that out, 40 times four is 160, 160 calorie deficit. Cool. If I pull the egg yolk, that's five grams of fat. Five times nine is 35. I think if I add that to the 160, that is almost 200 calories. That's a 200 calorie deficit. Okay. What else can I pull? I'm trying to get 250 calories, right? Like my, my mind is just going to do the math because I've done it a million times. So because of that, it's, it's really just not intuitive yeah and so have i done it um yes uh but like literally every day well yeah but he's talking about like four fat loss oh yeah so like um i've really haven't done it much but i have done that for like a mini cut basically like okay like i i just haven't been on point for a while i'm gonna pull back for a few weeks and literally it, it is exactly what i said it's like okay like usually i have a cup of oatmeal in the morning i'm just gonna have a half cup for the next few weeks until my weight kind of stabilizes and i'm gonna have uh like a little bit less rice here i'm gonna go to chicken instead of steak because that's gonna cut that down like i'll just make small changes because i know it's gonna cut calories and then that leads to some fat loss but the, the other thing too is it's not like that's a very slow uh and not guaranteed way right like it's not gonna to me, it just doesn't make sense to – I would much rather track macros or have somebody track macros simply because I can guarantee the result faster. If we do it this way, we can get there, but it might take us longer. There's going to be more margin for error. And if we do plateau, we don't necessarily know why because we're not tracking anything. Tracking gives us information. You know, um, it, it's, 
it's like analytics for any type of marketing. If you if you do a marketing campaign and it works really well and you get a bunch of customers or whatever and somebody's like awesome like what a, like where did this go out to like what social media platform you're like I don't even know you're like well what what demographic of people was it men was it women what age group or anything no idea just a lot of people it's like okay well are you selling your product to people or are you selling your product to men women. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old? Like, is it this, you know what I mean? There's, there's analytics with it. So you need metrics to know anything about what something worked. So I just don't see the point of it, to be honest with you. Um, so I have done it um, for a temporary period of time and it wasn't like a harsh goal. It was literally like, oh, I just need to cut a couple pounds because I've just been fucking off on my diet. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like, I would much rather st- streamline the success, use macros. It's a guaranteed tool. It'll get you to result faster. Um, however, I do agree. I think that uh, at a certain point, you can be more intuitive with it. Um, and I use intuitive as more of like a buzzword than a literal word um, in the sense that I'm not tracking, you know, because most people think intuitive. They just think, oh, that just means not tracking. Yeah. But it's still intentional. So, um, and, and usually that's just because I eat the same fucking thing every day. So it's like, and I, what I'll do is like, go, okay, if I'm going to cut, I'll, I might remove these things, but I'll calculate it to make sure I'm right. And then I just don't touch the tracker until I need to adjust the diet again. Cause I eat the same thing every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, that's my thoughts on it. I don't think it's really intuitive at a certain point when you're that experienced. And I also don't think it's the smartest way to go. I just, to me, it's like, even if you do it like me where I put it all in on Monday and go, okay, like this is the right numbers. And now I eat the same thing every day. Cause that's just easier for me. I need to do it on Monday so that I know when I'm plateaued, I need to know how to adjust, Yeah, you know? And I think you need that at the end of the day. And most people do too. And most people hire coaches. They don't want to just die forever, you know? So there's certain people who can't track macros because it will cause uh, disordered eating. And therefore I agree. I think you should take a longer approach. I think you should not track macros and you should just be patient. You know, Ariel works with a lot of women like this yeah. on our team. And it's great because some people need that and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you don't have that specific situation, in my opinion, not using macros is just being lazy and stubborn. It's going like, Oh, that's tedious. I don't want to do it. And like, I don't feel like doing stuff. It's like, well then you don't really want to lose fat because we'd get there a hell of a lot faster. You'd spend less time and money by just using a system building some discipline and getting the job done faster, you know, and having some like clear cut direction, but yeah. Boom. Yeah. Good, good. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the next one. It's from JJ underscore bears fan. Would you program different training sessions, durations for clients over 40 or 50 years old? Mm, Yes and no. I think that, uh, so if I have, Two people, um, number one, 40 is really just, it's not that old at all. Like, I don't, I don't even think 50 is that old. I mean, I think at 50, you start. I agree. I don't even know. Like, I think at 30, you start considering your age as a factor when you're training. But I'm, uh, I'm more focused on, um, you would call it training age in the gym. But if somebody's never trained, it's just like fucking like wear and tear age. Yeah. So like. A 40-year-old who has played football his whole life versus a 50-year-old who has never played sports, they're equal. If not, the 50-year-old's better. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, like, the wear and tear on their joints and ligaments is just so much different. So sometimes yes, sometimes no. I think, I think it's much more important to look at the history of the individual, like the physical activity history of the individual versus just their biological age, right? And so for some people, yes. Some people, no. I also think that... um 
in general, I have like parameters of what's uh, an intelligent time to spend in the gym. And it's more related to like lifestyle because the reality is if somebody's 30, 40, 50 or 60, there's no like research to say, uh, when you reach 50, you can't spend more than an hour in the gym. Yeah. The reality is, is like how specific and serious is your goal and how advanced are you? So, um, you know, like I was listening to a podcast with Andy Fursell and Lane Norton recently, and they were talking about, he just won, uh, worlds for powerlifting in his division. And Lane was talking about his training sessions are like two to three hours long, right? They have to be, he's training to be a world fucking champion. That means he can squat a lot of weight and it takes a long time to build that squat up safely. And it takes a lot of practice and he's extremely experienced. He's been training for decades. So he has to. Now, if the same version of Lane never lifted and wanted to lose 20 pounds, I wouldn't have him train for three hours. You know what I mean? But like, if you're a world-class lifter, you probably need to train that long. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it has way less to do with the actual biological age and way more to do with the training age and the history of the person. Um, I do, however, think like, and, and I would say the lifestyle too, because if somebody, if somebody has really serious goals, but they're like, but I can only spend 30 minutes in the gym every day. I'm going to be like, okay, well, we either need to, it's that whole like raise your commitment or lower your standards. Yeah. Like your world-class goal is not going to happen with 30 minutes in the gym. Um, so we have to look at lifestyle. We have to look at expectations. Um, I also think that most people don't need to spend more than an hour in the gym. If you just have body composition goals, if you're just a general pop person that just wants to get stronger, feel better, train hard, like lose some fat, build some muscle, get after it. Yeah. Spend 45 minutes to an hour and a half max in the gym. Um, I spend probably an hour and a half in the gym. You know, I get over here around three kind of fucking foam roll, walk around a little bit. Yep. I spend an hour of hard training. Yep. Um, you know, but like, I'm not like, I, I'm sure when I get closer to like competing in powerlifting, like it probably will be longer. I'll yeah. probably be coming over here around like two, two thirty, Cause I'm going to need more, like I'm going to need more warm up sets. I'm going to need more volume. I'm going to need more mobility and stuff. And this is still the beginning stages too. Like we just, I just had my update and it was talking about the same thing. It's like probably going to need to add some volume soon because I'm recovering really well. Let's and go. if I'm recovering really well all the time, probably need to do more, yeah. you know, to push that threshold. Have you picked a date yet? I have not. No. Um, what's holding you back? Um, I just don't know. I was kind of waiting on him to be honest with you. I was because I want to go to Oregon to do it near him. Yeah. And I don't know. Like when I'm looking at dates and gyms and comps and stuff, I'm like, bro, I don't help guide me. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what the fuck I'm picking. So, um, we're kind of going back and forth on that and I'm just kind of leaving it up to him. But if I don't get an answer, I'm just gonna be like, yep, here's the three. Like, let me know. Yeah. Um, but shit, we can put him on the spot to, tomorrow <laughs> coming on the podcast. Oh, dope. <laughs> we're interviewing him. So, um, but yeah, so like in general, I don't I don't necessarily have like a, a time difference, I would say, or duration. It, it's more or less like how much volume can that person handle? If, if somebody's 50 and they have a lot of experience versus somebody's 40 who doesn't have any, the person who's 50 is going to have a longer training session because they can handle it. They probably need it to uh, progress more, um, you know, and it just depends on their goal. So um, now granted, like I think more so than duration in the gym, the important question to ask is total volume per week and total like load intensity. Um, the older we get, the, especially if we've been training, so especially when your training age is higher and higher, the more likely it is that you're going to have aches and pains and, and issues with your joints. You know, like at the end of the day, as we get older, our joints are just going to be harder to maintain health with. And therefore those things come into play. It's like, okay, exercise selection needs to be more specific as we get older. Training volume needs to be managed well, because yes, your experience lets you handle more volume. But if you get more experienced, and you also get stronger during that process and you get more skilled at training, 
adding more and more and more volume might actually just be more and more and more stressful because yeah. your sets per week go up, but so does your load because you're stronger. So now we have to balance those out. And then same thing with intensity. Sometimes you have to choose higher volume, lower intensity to save the joints because heavier loads typically lead to more injuries with the joints. So really just depends on a lot of other factors, in my opinion. Love it. So. Cool. All right. <clears throat> we will move on to the next one. It is uh, from MGM814. It says, what are some of the most effective methods for fat loss in your clients? Calorie deficit. Keep it simple. Um, honestly, I think this this question is like, it's hoping for, it's like extending the olive branch, hoping for like a cool tactic. But the truth is, is it really boils down to, yeah, like you got to find a diet that works for the person. So my most... Uh, do you say advanced? Uh, most common. What most are the effective. most effective? My most effective methods are much more related to understanding, like connecting with the human and understanding them so that I can deliver the right advice. Um, it always comes down to a deficit. So am, is this person going to be better off with a deficit, just straight deficit week after week? Is this person going to be better on with like some weeks on, full week off? Is this person going to be better with a refeed or two every week? Is this person going to be better with high days and low days? Is this person going to do better if we add cardio instead of pulling a bunch of calories? Um, is this person going to uh, like are they the type that is like tunnel vision where like they remove a lot of stuff in their life to do one goal at a time? If so, let's go all in. Let's like take the shotgun approach and get it done while they do that to avoid extending the length of the diet and then having them fall off because they've removed everything else. So all of those things relate to somebody adhering to a calorie deficit, right? And, and it's really understanding the individual. So, you know, do we create it through diet and cardio, just diet, mostly cardio do we eliminate things out of their life do we uh be super flexible not that flexible do we go for slow and steady do we go for fast and aggressive like there it's all personality types and lifestyle and and how that person uh receives information so that i can guide them and coach them properly yeah you know do i coach them with like brutal accountability and kind of being harsh and being like kind of like uh no bullshit, like just right to the point, I'm just going to keep it straight with you. Or do I have to baby them a little bit? Uh, because that's how they receive information best. Do I give them options and then they choose the way quote unquote, or do I just tell them exactly what to do? Like, um, this is all the art of coaching. And I think those, those are the most effective methods because if I can tap into the person, the fat loss becomes really easy. There's no fucking special supplement or mealtime or anything like that, that does it. Um, do those things play a role in fat loss? Of course. We, we implement supplements. That's why we're sponsored by First Form. Like we use their supplements with our clients for many different things, health, performance, all that kind of stuff. We do consider and talk to our clients about nutrient timing and meal planning and stuff like that. But do we have like a tactic of four meals versus five meals versus three? No. We just figure out what works for them and we use it as a way to fuel and recover better their, from their training as well as just have adherence. Because if you have a plan, you're going to stick to it. It's going to be easier, less stressful. You know what the fuck you're doing instead of guessing. So... A lot of it is, is just honestly comes down to connecting and communicating. Like, there's no specific method. Totally. So. Cool. All right, guys. We have one more question here. It is from Brittany. It says, I am torn between wanting to build muscle and losing f more fat. My last in-body scan showed I have 35.5% body fat. 
58.0 skeletal muscle mass, and my weight is 159.9 pounds. My height is 5'5", and I am 32 years old. I put myself into two deficits this year already, and I'm now staying at maintenance through the holidays. Would you recommend I go back into a deficit next year or stay at maintenance? Not looking into going into a bulk due to already being uncomfortable with my body fat. I consistently train four days a week, upper and lower. Thanks to talking or thanks to you talking about doing upper lower splits versus a bro split. I track my protein daily and average seven thousand to nine thousand steps a day. Let's break this down. Yeah. So first and foremost, stop using the goddamn in body. Um, you smirked when you were saying that because you know I hate those things. But like, unless you were smirking about something else, nope. but um, it was. It's it's inaccurate. It's it's just. And again, I'm sorry for my gym owner friends if you use one. I don't know if you do. I just don't agree with them. I think that they're – I think they can be used as a tool to get people amped up in the beginning of some kind of challenge or anything. And I think there is like – I was going to say, like, there's there's value in lying to get somebody motivated for a positive change. Like, if I had to look at somebody I, I love and care about and lie to their face in order to save their life or do something better or positive, I would 100% do it in yeah. a heartbeat. But I just, like, outside of that, like, look, you're already committed. You don't need to embody. It's inaccurate. And if you have issues with your body image, if you have issues with your body fat levels, stepping on an inaccurate scale that tells you you're a certain percentage of body fat that you don't like over and over again is not going to help. It's going to make it worse. And on top of that, it's not fucking accurate. So stop stepping on there first and foremost. Um, The thing I would recommend you do in this order is stay at maintenance, get through the holiday. Once the holiday's done, stay at maintenance and dial in things a little bit more specifically. You said you track your, your protein every day. Okay, track your carbs and fat. Like, get your protein to a place that's really good, make sure your calories are equated for, and then track your, your carbs and fats. The thing I don't like about tracking your protein and calories, especially if you're just using an app and you don't have, like, a spreadsheet broken down from, like, a coach or something, is that my fitness pal and food labels round, up or down. So if you have something that is 200 calories, it could be 150 on the label, or it could be 250 on the label. Most likely, they're going to err on the, the downside. So if you eat something that says 150 and it's actually 200, or I'm sorry, it it says 200, but it's actually 250 would be the more accurate based on 20, 25% margin of error. Oh, yeah. Like you wouldn't know that because you're not in a, a spreadsheet. But when you type that in a spreadsheet and you say this many carbs, this many fat, it's going to give you the exact amount. And then you're going to see like, oh shit, that food label said it was more. So when you go to my fitness pal and you see you're hitting your protein, great. But then your calories say 2000, are they, or are they 2250 and you're in a 250 calorie surplus or you're maintaining at 250 calories higher than you thought you know, which would make your deficit more accurate when you go into a fat loss phase. So track your carbs, track your fats. I would probably like get specific with that. Listen to the advice I've given uh, or download the free ebook if you haven't already on the website, the Taylor Nutrition Method. Um, And it talks about like, you know, if you're training hard, if you're trying to build muscle and you're going to cut or you want to maintain and maybe recomp, you're probably going to have some benefits of going lower fat, higher carb, high protein. Um, keep doing your step count at that. Um, but like I would go for more of a recomp at maintenance first and just see what happens. Like keep your protein where it's at or increase it if it's if it's too low. But like you should probably be around 1 to 1.1 grams per pound in my opinion. Then go, you know, higher carb, lower fat. Have your calories set at a good place for maintenance. Um, 
keep your steps at what they are. If you're between nine and 10 or nine and 11, whatever, go to the higher end or just add a thousand just to to increase your activity a little bit. Um, Be on top of sleep, take the right supplements, like do all the things because if anybody's going to recomp or build muscle at maintenance and see physique changes, it's because they, they stay at maintenance and then they just get kind of meticulous. Yeah. They, they really accurately and precisely track their macros. They take the right supplements. They are focused on nutrient timing, better sleep, stress management. They just get kind of nitty-gritty and detail-oriented with it, which not everybody can do. But anybody who does, and they've actually, like, one of the study reviews that Chris Barricat did on recomping talks about this. The most common things are that uh, the protein is higher, and, and this is when they're not brand new to lifting. The protein is higher than normal, and they're very meticulous with everything. So if you want to try to build muscle, and, and the thing I always tell people to ask themselves too is if they're like, I don't know if I should cut or gain. I always say like, if you were to cut right now and you lost 10, 20 pounds of fat, would you have as much muscle as you wanted to at that point? Because what you don't want to do is cut and then go, fuck, I look skinny fat. This isn't what I wanted. Now I'm going to gain. And then you flip flop and now you're doing this seesaw. Like, nope, just stay at maintenance, do a lean gaining plan, put on an appreciable amount of muscle and then cut and then just call it good, you know? You um, but point being is I would I would stay at maintenance while through Christmas and then well as you're listening you already did that so starting right now right this fucking second um because it's Monday the 26th track all the macros get the supplements do the sleep get the training right get your steps up do all the recomp stuff and just sit there for a little bit you'll feel better you might build some muscle who knows you might burn some fat take a month there and then go into a cut and when you go into a cut just hire a coach yeah like anybody listen to this if you have ever gone back and forth if you tried to cut if like the, the crazy thing is that when we did that survey and we surveyed hundreds of clients that have been with us, we just basically took like all of our rosters over the years as a team and we're like, let's look at all of the people that we loved coaching, right? And that did really good with us. So, and we did that not because we can't learn from the ones that didn't have the best uh, results with us or anything like that, but because we wanted to figure out the, this was a marketing thing. It wasn't like a systems things. We did the, the other to figure out how can we improve our systems, but we wanted to know when we're creating content, we're talking on the podcast, like who are we talking to? Like the exact person. The most common things we saw, which you know this, we've talked about it, is uh, I want to look like I lift, uh, lift a workout. That was like a very common theme. Like everybody kept saying, I just want to look like a workout in their own way. They just kept saying that. And then the other thing is that everybody had dieted for two to four years prior, right? They've tried to lose weight and tried to get better body composition for two to four years on average, which tells me that most people that come to us, they keep doing the seesaw thing. They try cheap programs and then they finally come to us. So my advice to people is, number one, if you're in that position, if you've tried this and that and this and that and you keep going back and forth, you can't decide, just invest, hire a coach. Like it, it makes more sense to spend some money now, get the job done way quicker and learn how to sustain it long term than it does to spin your wheels for another fucking year. Yeah. Like don't do that to yourself. That's just frustrating. And you spend more money on the little things stacking up that you think are going to work that are cheap in the moment that don't work and then you buy the next thing the next week than you would in the three to six months it would take us to get you the best results possible, right? And then the other side of it is if you're about to start and you don't want to do that to yourself, save yourself the time and just hire a fucking coach. Yeah. Like it will be invaluable how much you will learn with us. I promise you that like the, in the more and more, and this is not to throw shade at people, but it's a big industry. So fuck it. It is to throw shade at people. There's a lot of people in the industry that suck at this, but the more and more I've been in this industry and the more and more other coaching companies I see and I hear about, and I talk to clients who come to us after going to these places and everything, the more and more I realize we're just so fucking good at what we do. Like we underappreciate it because we're in our own bubble. And when we compare and when we talk about coaching, it's 
me talking to my coaches, my coaches talking to me, my coaches talking to each other. So we're like comparing greatness with greatness. Yeah. And it does, you know what I mean? There's no, we don't realize, which is why I try to remind my, cause I get a better insider's look a lot of times. I try to remind the coaches so much. Like you guys are so good at what you do. It's insane. Like do not undervalue yourself because this industry needs to see what we do and how we do it. I hear you. But I know there's a lot of people listening to this, that you're listening to this and you're fucking four or five days away from New Year's. You know, and I'm not going to sell you some like New Year's resolution, new you, new whatever bullshit. We didn't plan this. I just going on a rant. But if the new year is the time for you to become a new you, then fucking do it. Yeah. I'm setting goals. I mean, it's an excuse to do so. Why Absolutely. not? But don't spend another year spinning your wheels, getting <clears throat> frustrated, investing in stupid fucking shit that seems cheap right now, but doesn't get you any progress. And then you're going to be listening to the same goddamn podcast and I'm going to be saying the same goddamn thing. December 2023 and you're going to be kicking yourself for not just doing it you know what I mean like the amount of people have left us reviews or testimonials or sent us stuff saying this is the best thing I've done for my health and fitness the best money I've spent like it's insane but it's because it actually works you know so stop wasting time yeah like I don't have any special no promo no deal there's no discount it's new year's it's time to to, get after it get after it take a leave use this momentum to do something with it and stop spinning your wheels. Uh, and if that's you who asked the question, it's time to hire us. Hire us. If if it's not, then do the maintenance thing for a month, like I said. And if it's neither of those, thank you for nudging this question and getting me to go on this rant because I think it was helpful for people to hear. Um, but everybody's so much more capable than they realize. Do something. We're going to sign up. Uh, TaylorCoachingMed.com. Just go there. It's the first button. You'll see a big yellow button, coaching. Just click that. There's a link in the description. You get a free call. So if this is kind of like making you feel like maybe you wanted to do it, just, just book a call. It's free. There's no commitment. Like, we will sell you on the phone. Like, that's the whole point of the call. But, like, that's me being transparent. We're not going to – you don't talk to a salesperson. Actually, this is interesting, too, because somebody recently applied. Uh, it's a new client of ours, and they were confused because they were like, oh, I thought I'd be talking to a salesman. We're like, no, we don't have salesmen on our team because we want the coach to talk to the client. Yeah. That's the whole point. Make sure it's a good fit. This is the most transparent, real evidence-based coaching you'll get. It's not a salesperson who is trained to sell, not to coach. It's a coach who is just good at selling because they're good at coaching. There's no sales tactic, training scripts, or anything. It's the most authentic call you have with a coach ever. So hit the yellow button. Just apply. Uh, talk to us. It's New Year's. Amen. Time to get shit done. So uh, for everybody listening, thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. We will catch you next time.